10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Fulcher. Live from Qatar, this is The Morning Break with Dorian Brown. Good morning, Friday morning breaketeers. Thank you for taking a break from your break to join me here today. I'm Dorian Brown. It's Friday the 29th of October. We are L to the I to the V to the E upon Teachers Talk Radio. And in today's show, as we stand at the precipice of the much-hyped COP26, we're talking about what me, you and they can do to engender climate action in our schools. Let's talk this out. Live from Qatar, this is The Morning Break with Dorian Brown on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. The very best of mornings to you all, however you are choosing to spend it. Uh, whether you've just come back from a run, uh, walking the dog, or just hanging out in your gym jams by the wireless, I hope you're having an enjoyable half term. Um, now, if you've been living in a cave for the last few months, surviving on delivery food packages and rubbing sticks together for heat, uh, you would have missed the news and the hype surrounding the 26th meeting of the parties, aka COP26. And so you are in luck, because my next three shows are all based upon these what could or should be pivotal meetings for the future of the planet. Each of my guests have bundles of enthusiasm and hope for these positive outcomes from these talks. Uh, and they all agree, I think, that it's what follows these meetings which will be the most important. So a little less conversation and a little more action, if you will. Before we get started today, though, as you know, I do like to check in with my imaginary co-presenter, Mrs. Susie Dent, for our word of the week. And in fact, this week, you get two, a BOGO. Although you don't actually have to pay for the first one, so you just get it. So I guess we'll just call it a, a go-go. Anyway, I digress. Uh, the words of the week are unanimous, which means united in agreement, from the Latin for one mind, and anasinus, which means united in stupidity, from the Latin for one ass. I know which one, or which one of those two we're all rooting for during COP26. And so to introduce my guests for today, without further ado, these two are united in agreement. And joining me today is Sarah Humphreys, co-founder of Aim High Earth. And she is joined by the organisation's science communicator, Archie Crofton. By way of a small introduction to Aim High Earth, uh, knowing that Sarah and Archie obviously will expand upon this in the show, uh, the organisation Aim High, that's high H-I, dot earth, is the education to action hub inspiring and empowering environmental change makers. And Sarah and Archie join me now in the studio. Welcome both. Hi, Hi Dorian. Hey, great. Um, customary at the beginning of our podcast here is that we always ask our guests to give us a bit of a uh, their, their journey in education or in your guys' cases, the ecology. So Sarah, would you give our listeners to start with an idea of your journey in education and ecology thus far, please? Yes, I'd, I'd be delighted to. Um, so my, my background's actually in anthropology and conservation. Um, so that's what I studied at undergrad and again at postgrad. 
Um, but professionally, I have worked, I worked in um, student well-being for four years. And um, around that, I've also worked in a lot of kind of project management and events. And so, uh, well, we'll talk a bit more, I guess, about what AIM High is doing, but that's how I kind of fell into this role is because of my, I like to organize things that happen and I care about the environment and um, people. So it's kind of a nice, a nice fit for me. Fit of all those things together. Fantastic. Interesting. And interesting how you worked um, working in, in student well-being uh, in the past yeah. as well. Um, it reminded me of, uh, I think Kit Rackley had written recently on Twitter about how the climate crisis is actually a safeguarding issue. Um, and so, so it was quite alarming when I kind of read that, but then when you kind of stand back and think about it, 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 it is, isn't it? <laughs> it is yeah, really about, a, you know, the well-being of their, their, their future. You're totally right, but also their, their well-being now in a way. I will, mm. Mark Archie and I have been talking about this report we read that said that um, 70 percent of young people report experiencing eco-anxiety regularly so it's yes. like a reg it's something that is is impacting people's um, emotional well-being already so yes. I mean that's an angle to get people to care about it but I think that a absolutely and, and 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 the media particularly are a kind of play a significant role in that don't they in terms of that kind of the doom and gloom headlines that we continually <laughs> seem to see on a day-to-day -day basis it doesn't do much for one's uh uh, hopes and and and, and uh, dispositions, right? Um, great, thank you for that, uh, Sarah. That's great. And uh, Archie, so I said in the introduction how you are the science commu communicator for Aim High. Could you give us a little bit of a, a story as to how you got to where you are now, please? Yeah, sure. So um, I I did studied ecology, uh, ecological sciences at the University of Edinburgh, and graduated in twenty fourteen, um, and then I went into working for the University of Edinburgh um, and it was a project they were spearheading with the EU at the time looking at ecosystem services and um, I was sort of head of communications there um, and basically we were trying to my main role there was converting these like slightly complex concepts into sort of entertaining informative pieces of video and various media as well so there were some written pieces um and some animations and so i i developed a, a range of skills in in sort of science outreach there um so i did that for five years and then in 2018 i felt that i was still keen to do a bit more studying so i, I did a two-year part-time master's in uh, the history of science over in barcelona which i graduated in in 2020 um and then from there i was really interested to get back into kind of uh, the science outreach world um and I'd actually done the aim high earth course and thought it was absolutely brilliant and and was very keen to to collaborate and work with them and I saw a job posting and uh, here I am four months here later we are today fantastic it, it makes me always feel quite um it, it sounds both both of your kind of roots to where you are now sounds quite I won't say checkered, but you know, they're varied, and 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 I kind of envy that kind of uh, your your capacity, I guess, to be able to kind of recognize what you're what you're good at, what you're passionate about, and actually find yourself uh, roles and jobs, and 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 take on extra studies, etc., to kind of because uh, I think I think my my history is a little bit more boring the way I just went to university and went straight into teaching because um, I kind of didn't have that kind of confidence I guess in my ability to, to, to do exactly what you've done so it sounds absolutely fantastic that you've um, that you've I guess arrived at where you are now in AIM High via you know a number of different projects which I, I I'm sure have kind of um, prepared you uh, for for, for your, both of your work uh, in AIM High. 
Um, so we've mentioned Aim High a few times uh, now. Uh, shall we uh, begin with uh, unpacking what Aim High Earth is uh, and what their main aims and objectives are, please? Yeah, that, that sounds great. Also quickly though, mm. I don't think that your your story is boring at all, Dorian. <laughs> don't you live in you live in Qatar now and you've moved from Bristol? Don't I just wanted to yeah. that, I don't think it's a boring no, story. No, I mean that sounds quite thrilling to me. Yeah, me too. Perhaps, yeah. I've been fairly intrepid, but I've still been doing the same uh the, the sort of the same job. And I don't know, I, I I look back sometimes and I think, you know, or oh, maybe I could have gotten a little you know, because I'm a keen environmentalist as well. And I do, you know, and, and I'm wondering if I could have done something you know, different, you know, before I got into teaching. Maybe that's to come later in life. Maybe, maybe the all that's gonna come later. <laughs> but it's interesting too though, because this actually is a good linking, I suppose, but mm. one of the kind of key inspirations for Aim High is that uh, it, it's kind of, it's really important to us to acknowledge that the most, one of the most important roles in society is our teachers. That's who we trust our future generations to. Like you mm. look after, you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's teachers who, who paved the way for what to come. And we entrust our, our kids to, to teachers. And, and yet, you know, a huge, I think it's like a huge proportion of, of one in three teachers in the UK, I think, are planning, have said that they plan to quit teaching in the next five years. Mm. Um, there's almost basically one of the kind of key um, inspirations behind Aim High was that there is almost no profession more undervalued than being a teacher. Um, despite the kind of huge importance of, of the role. Um, and I think that we really feel that teachers should be superstars and teaching, um, we need to kind of transform how it is, right? We it, Imparting like facts and, and charts and data for people to regurgitate and memorize isn't, isn't useful, one, because I guess like, AI is how, you know, it's just not how, it's not useful in real life, mm. but also it isn't what inspires people to act. People don't, don't change their behavior or, or, or um, feel empowered to take action on topics because of facts and numbers. It's stories and compelling narratives and yes. um, talking about topics in a way that taps into our universal humanity. That's what, um, that's what inspires people to act. Yeah, and kind of like no, light, lighting yeah. the fires, as it were. As exactly, saying, yeah. yeah. I think and a lot no of people worries. actually have this understanding of, uh, you know, whenever people say when they, where they get their inspiration from, it's often, a, it's often a school teacher or someone that they kind of built a relationship on totally. early doors, wasn't it? Yes. Totally. And actually, I think it, to kind of to answer the question finally, <laughs> um, that's, where, that's where Aim High Earth is kind of coming in. We, we've recognised that nowhere is the education system as is kind of um, needing a bit of a boost nowhere more than with climate and nature education nowhere does the gap between what people know and care about and mm. and what they don't more more scary mm. um do you think i've answered that well i wonder yeah. actually what <laughs> you jump in i can't um i still vividly remember and dream about sometimes the teachers that I had when I was, you know, from four to, to well, up to 15, that they frequently occurred to me in conversations with them. And so, the, you know, the power of teachers as a role model and influence is just 
you know, it, it, go, it doesn't finish when you finish school. That goes on for the rest of your life. Mm. And so, yeah, the role of a teacher is so important. Um, and like, I can't think of any, like, they've had a big impact any colleague had. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> and, that, and that's often a, uh, a, a well kind of trodden path in the way that teachers often say that, you know, that we, we we're so passionate that, uh, you know, that teaching is our vocation, that we are kind of, you know, instilling positive dispositions in students and stuff, but we don't actually always get to see the outcome of, of our efforts kind of later in life. You know, some people are fortunate enough, lucky enough to kind of meet their, their students further down the line and, and you know, have, a, have a, a, a discussion about how they've perhaps maybe encouraged them to get into whatever they got into. Um, but it just, it just occurred to me there when you were sort of talking about, both of you talking about, you know, uh, teachers that had influenced you, just, just going over the last few shows that, we've, that we've, we've had here on Friday morning break, you know, we've talked about the climate curriculum uh, and the need to, to, to teach it as earlier. Uh, we've talked about philosophy yeah. for children and the need to um, uh, develop critical thinking skills within, within students. You know, we've, we've talked about what the, what the whole broader picture, the purpose of education actually is as well. Is it for just academic, is it just for students to get a mm. job or is it for them to actually, you know, well-being wise you know uh, be happy be healthy and whether that means getting a good job or not you know be be uh, role models and global citizens so yeah it's it's a I, I think don't think any of our listeners will will disagree with you at all that you know that they they're in the they're in the profession for those very reasons those very notes which you've hit there and and it feels um that aim high earth is trying to kind of cap it is capitalizing on that is is recognizing that you know we are the 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 the, the pedagogy which is being employed, et cetera, is, is um, do, being done at such a, at a young, a young age to um, create thoughtful global citizens. Um, yeah. And your Aim High programs uh, seek to, to, to make the most of that. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. Um, uh, an example that I might um, I might quickly throw in is one that uh, one of the co-founders Matthew uses frequently um, about how how an, an example of kind of nature focused education to commute how it can tie into every every topic um, so for example do you know do you know about how spiders fly do you know about it Oh, I, I do not know. I, I, hope, I hope I don't know. Did they they no, fly? They fly. They can <laughs> wow. fly. So, so Charles Darwin in the, I guess it was the 1830s or, you know, way back when was traveling around South America, around the Galapagos on the Beagle. And even though he was hundreds of miles away from, from land, there were all of these flyers, um, spiders arriving on the boat with little kind of strands of, of, of web attached to them. And they, all of them were all, you know, what's going on? How are they getting here? They must be kind of ballooning in on parachutes. But actually really recently, they realized that the, the spiders have electric, um, have, have hairs on their legs that are sensitive to the electric force of the, of the earth. Right. Because the ground is a little bit negative, the sky is a little bit positive. And so what actually happens is, is that they charge their web with uh, electricity. And that's how they can, can travel, by repelling the ground and attracting the, the sky. And they can travel hundreds of miles that way. Imagine if that's how wow. we learned about static electricity instead of getting two balloons and rubbing them together. <laughs> like imagine, you know what I mean? Yeah, imagine I if 
My mind Imagine- is absolutely blown there. And it's quite, the, you know, the um, it, Halloween's around the corner as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right? Very on, on, on topic. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, we, we've, we've talked in a previous uh, show, a couple of previous shows about experiential learning as well, service learning and, you know, students not really having that aha moment, that kind of realisation until they are actually uh, physically doing something and kind of having that reflection time to think about it. So, so yeah, I, I, I completely, we're going to move on to kind of talk about the, the, the programmes that aim high earth are doing and it's it, it, it's synony- it's synonymous with this idea of it, this experiencing something um you know it's yeah. the power of the internet is great because it's able us to sort of beam these images all over the world etc and see videos from x y and ever but actually the, the the physical doing of things um is much more powerful i think than all of those you know the, the images and the videos are good for context but the actual you know achieving something even it, even it be a very small thing um has significantly more power yeah. um so that's so our that's i realized that i i probably ought to say that that's our we think, believe that delivering effective relatable nature and climate focused education to a billion human beings would change the course of history and the course of education and that that's what we're doing wow. <laughs> we've so, spoken a lot about spiders and i haven't, yeah. I haven't properly <laughs> answered the question if you double it i think there's two billion children on the planet i think so if you double your double that that's every child there you go every child high quality uh um nature education um is, is a very very ambitious even even one billion in fact is is a very ambitious um but possible i think possible thing with with the technology and everything which you've got available um so let's let's um thank you very much for that it's absolutely fascinating and and you know i i'll, I'll let listeners sort of know first off um sort of how i came across uh, aim high and it was literally an event which was being um advertised i saw on Eventbrite, which we're going to talk about soon um but as soon as i kind of found out about the organization then i realized that i'd already spoken to two or three other people which also were uh you know related or, or, or linked with you one how that's the eden project and and a few others um there really does seem to be this positive um movement this this you know uh, this this the, the wheels are slowly turning for the good um and i think you know every organization like aim high earth etc are are doing an absolutely fantastic job um so shall we shall we move on and talk to uh, about the great big lesson in climate on climate and nature that sound good yeah great right. so uh, the great big lesson for climate and nature uh, what is it uh, so the great big lesson in climate and nature is an event that we are doing from cop 26 this year um, it's going to be live and basically we're teaming up with the world's largest lesson to broadcast uh, internationally um, and with various other change makers across the globe. We've got people from Indonesia, Australia, Peru, um, who are all sort of environmental change makers doing activities in their own communities and regions. Um, and what we're doing is we are doing this fantastic uh, lesson about the climate and nature crisis and looking at different solutions, what pragmatic ways of dealing with those and um, kind of understanding the bigger picture essentially kind of giving people a, a, a very good shoehorn into the climate and nature crisis in a way that makes sense you know rather than sort of distributed snippets of information that people kind of get from the news this is kind of a holistic everything in one package that is giving individuals the kind of the toolkit 
um, that they need to be able to a talk about the climate nature crisis to people around them in sort of an articulate and and sort of well thought out manner, but also give people the ability to to do something themselves about it. So empower them to take action. That is, you know, is part of the solution. Wow, that sounds absolutely phenomenal. And and how did the idea? So I've got two questions based on what you've just said. The first one is how did the idea first firstly come about? Um, and I'll let you answer that one first, actually, before I come up with the other one. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I think it's it's a sort of a natural progression from where we've been in terms of the kind of needs of what we, in terms of the workshops that we've developed. Um, we, you know, we, we saw what was out there and felt that there needed to be something better and there needed something more in terms of like where where is where should one person turn to as an authority on the subjects in it in a kind of combined manner like where can I get all the information that I need in a way that you know is useful mm. because I think one of the things that happens a lot is you might get into a discussion with a friend or colleague or family member about the climate and nature crisis and and then find that there's just these like glaring holes all over the the subject you know mm. people know that it's bad they know they, they should be concerned about it but like what should they be doing about it? who should they what's the most effective means they can go about it i think it's this it's so um like people are so it's a you know it's a it's a topic that gets people emotional and upset mm. and yet they don't have the kind of means to be able to talk about it like mm. and so yeah we kind of want to fix that yeah and, yeah. and like you said it's such a, 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 a such a huge topic isn't it and you know you could you wouldn't you you need some you need a framework in which to hold these discussions like you're saying because i think you could just go down a couple of rabbit holes if you're just trying to look for a combination of videos and articles and you know newspaper kind of positions on on, on the and and it just gets a little bit too mm. too much doesn't it right so so yeah. the idea is that you're finding you're trying to centralize that to to inform everybody about the issues and also to 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 stimulate uh, some some reaction some some action if you like from that yeah so we're, we're trying to what 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 we're trying to do is become um the kind of education to action hub that can be the ultra accessible interface between you know latest scientific research mm. but also relatable empowering communication of those topics um yes. and so with, with our with our with our sessions that we lead they're they're designed to be for everybody at all learners aged 10 to 100 you know when we talk about education we're talking about education for everyone not just for students for teachers for parents for business people everyone and um, we've we've brought together um not just top level scientists but also behavioral psychologists expert oh. communicators and storytellers to create these these transformative learning experiences for all that result in empowerment, action, and global citizenship, like you, like you mentioned before, Dorian. And yes. so we thought, you know, where better place to to kind of bring everybody into that con conversation than from the Global Climate Summit? What, what better what better setting to kind of to do this live learning than yes. from the heart of 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 COP twenty six in Glasgow? And I have to um, congratulate you as well on, on on what you just said in the way that the amount of thought and, and, and planning that has gone into it. You haven't just, you know, um, <laughs> some people, 
I say some people, it, it, one could think that teaching is just kind of sometimes turn up and, 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 you know, I'm teaching someone English, you know, I hold up a ball, this is a ball, you know, um, but I like the way that you've, lit, you know, you've gone that extra mile in terms of finding out, okay, well, what is the best way in which to deliver this message? You haven't come at it from your, you know, you obviously have the knowledge and, and, and skills and experience to be able to kind of start these things, but how you actually, um, transmit that how you actually get that out to people and so that they are learning and using the climate scientists and using cognitive scientists etc to, to to know how learning happens etc i think that's a really uh, valuable and very and a, well very important step that you've taken there in terms of kind of getting that message out um that something if i draw a parallel with educational research uh, you know in the last kind of five ten years there's been a huge um, shrinking of the gap between the scientific uh, research and the pedagogy what happens in you know in the classroom so as before those two things have been um, just just inaccessible you know the, the the research is written in a very academic uh, inaccessible way you know reams and reams of research etc um, but now you know people are working to kind of bridge that gap a little bit and I think that yeah. is the sound it sounds like what aim high earth is looking for as well trying to bridge that gap you know if, if you want to go and find out about co2 emissions etc and you just use a search engine to do so you can get very yeah. lost very quickly and very very bored almost very quickly as well because you don't know which authority to to, to trust etc so so the way you're going about it I think is sounds absolutely uh, phenomenal and and that sort of leads me on to my, my, my second question for you Archie was the was the format so it's coming live from from COP, so this is, I assume, sort of during the um, the, the the meetings themselves, during the, the conference themselves. Um, it's from the thirty first of October to the twelfth of November. So, but the lesson I believe is just the one day. Is that right? How how does the time format work? That's right. So, so the class is being delivered on the fifth of November, which is World Youth Day. Um, so we're sort of combining it, uh, those uh, combining. Um, it's going to be uh, an hour long lesson. I think that's correct. Um, and then there's going to be time for a Q&A afterwards um, with the various change makers who are participating in the event. Well, that sounds fantastic. Uh, and, and throughout the, the lesson itself, it's an interactive thing. So, so because it's being broadcast, there's an opportunity for people to ask questions and it's not just a, a static lesson. There'll be, there'll be, space for, for, for questions to come in and then to be engagement between the teachers and and the um uh and the participants mm. wow sounds phenomenal um the, the 5th of november is a friday here which means our schools are, are not in our weekend starts on friday but I, i'm certainly signed up and i've been encouraging my students over the last uh, couple of weeks to also do so as well what better way what better thing to 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 do on a on a, on a lazy friday um so, that would so, be great Dorian, yes. one of one of the change makers, um, as Archie mentioned, we partnered with um, Youthtopia. Um, I don't know if you've heard of them. They're brilliant, a brilliant organisation which creates a kind of net, an international network of change makers. But we partnered with them, and one of the one of the the young activists who's leading part of the session is from Qatar. So uh -huh. awesome if yeah, awesome yeah, if fantastic. Your students join. And that will be really, yeah, that will be an absolutely fantastic kind of hook, I think, for some of the students uh, here uh, to, to join. And what we will also do as well, obviously, is we will put the, the, the link to the Eventbrite. Uh, it's a, it's a, free, a free event to sign up on the Eventbrite website, if, that, if, I'm, if I'm right. Yeah, absolutely free. No preparation needed. And it's accompanied by um, a beautiful set of resources that Archie is designing 
Um, so as well as the lesson itself, you'll you'll get a kind of accompanying pack. Uh, spoiler: it, it looks beautiful. Archie. It looks really gorgeous. But it's been a lot of fun designing. Um, I think <laughs> the intention there is that we certainly feel like you know, it's one thing to be really inspired and, and come to the course and feel great and want to do stuff. But, you know, it's, sometimes it's really important to have a few lessons. It's something that you can refer back to, um, to refresh your memory or just to get mm. inspired again. Um, so that's what we're hoping. So there's, there's going to be a legacy of the, the lesson afterwards as well. Yeah. And, and the so. lesson itself will be available after. I, I've realised that I, um, I didn't mention that before, but uh it's live from cop at, at five at, on the 5th of november rather yeah, so you'll yeah, be able yeah. to interact with us and interact with each other live but afterwards it will it will um remain online on the global goals youtube um mm. to kind of watch again afterwards if, if if you do miss it amazing that sounds fantastic and and if i could just as well comment and, and maybe sarah you could uh, help sort of mm. respond to this is that um to, to do what you've done has also sounded like it's taken an awful amount of organization. It sounds like you've got to uh, involve a heck of a lot of people, a lot of decision making, a lot of um, reaching out to people in communication. So how, how <laughs> I'll, load, I'll load this question, how easy has it been to, um, to, to put this event together? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say in some respects, in some, in the most important respect, it has been easy in that, because I think this is brilliant and everybody that we've been working with is fantastic and dedicated and purpose-driven and shares, you know, all of the values that are important to us at, at AIM High, you know, focused on, on transformation and, and, and activating people and and optimize you know in those respects it's been easy because everybody in this in this space is is a delight and i think what's hard and what maybe a lot of the listeners will feel what's hard is is feeling alone you know facing a, a huge existential crisis um you know at the beginning before aim high i i found that one of the things i found really difficult was thinking well i'm just one person and i know that 1.5 degrees is is terrifying uh, you know, I, 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 knew I was, I found that really hard, not knowing what I as an individual could do. Mm. And so I think that this huge collaborative, this huge collaborative project, you know, with support from the Eden project, with support from Cambridge Zero, um, Nature for Climate, Utopia, World's Largest Lesson, etc. You know, this huge group of, of people all from different areas coming together in, in, with that in mind, though it's been hard work, it has been easy because because I know what it's for and I, and I know that we're all doing this together. And that's one of the reasons that this, this, that these lessons being interactive is, is quite powerful in my opinion. I don't know what you think Archie, but there's something really empowering about going through this journey and learning the topics and getting these tools, but being in a room with thousands of other learners at the same time. Um, and so this huge lesson, this great big lesson for climate and nature being attended by a huge cohort of, of learners concurrently, I hope will, will empower people not not to feel like it is obviously it's not going to be it's not going to be a walk in the park turning things around but if we're all in it together each mm. each step of that walk will be will be easier maybe I don't know actually what you think yeah I, I think that, well certainly I'm you know just from my own experience of being on the other side of things it's mm. it's a real buzz to see that there's other people there and paying attention and it's not this passive kind of youtube tutorial and how to save the world you know it's a, it's a interactive it's you, it's 
you know, the presence of feeling like it's all going on as you speak and you are actually being able to interact with people mm. that are talking is, is, is quite exciting. It feels that like you're, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to think ahead. You want to be the first to answer those questions. And, you know, there's that kind of, well, certainly in me, like a little bit of competitiveness, like, oh, yeah, I wanna, <laughs> I, I've got an answer. I want to contribute to this debate and discussion. So it, it's, um, yeah, it's a real buzz. It's like, it's definitely not something to be missed. Yeah, it feels like a real community. And especially as it's international, I think it's like uniting people from all around the world, all making the case for climate literacy to be embedded in, in curriculums and, and showcasing what it can be like to learn about these topics. All of you from around the world. I think it's, I'm really excited about it. I'm, really I'm very excited, excited just hearing about it, honestly. And I'm sure all of our listeners are collectively also very, you know, if they haven't heard about it already, I'm sure they're going to be kind of uh, following those links in the show notes uh, uh, to get a little bit more information about it. Um, I, I just uh, completely uh, agree uh, and think that the, the the way in which you, again, the way in which you've gone about it in, in um, harnessing the, 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 the will of others around you. You know, if everyone, if like-minded people, uh, all with a, with caring about the planet, you know, having had enough of not being able, or feeling powerless, perhaps maybe, you know, the idea of now collectively feeling empowered. Um, I, I spoke to, um, a chap called Darcy Lunn a couple of weeks ago and he was he, he talked of the his organization teaspoons of change you know and he kind of was the, the concept was simple you know everyone does their tiny little bit of teaspoon and, 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 it, and it all kind of it all piles up and everyone can make a difference but and this is where I think your educational lesson really comes to the fore because it's exactly what you said there Sarah and the way that you have felt powerless like how can little old me you know change global temperatures uh, you know or reduce global emissions well hopefully the aim aim high earth resources and lessons will will start to to show to, to light the way fingers crossed yes i hope so great that's been so fantastic to to, to talk uh, thus far and i noticed we're kind of you know we're kind of seem to be burning through the time here uh green energy obviously uh, but uh, we're going to have a quick break into the news uh, and then we'll come back after the news and talk a little bit more about as you said the climate crisis curriculum this is teachers talk radio and this is teachers talk radio news this is your latest teachers talk radio news with Gail Glenn. In Scotland, a new project for Black History Month is to teach pupils in Fife how slavery affected the region. The Universities of Glasgow, St Andrews and Heriot Watt will contribute to the Enslavement Education Action Plan. Councillors from Fife have agreed to look at who benefited and suffered as a result of slavery in Fife and to identify monuments and street names with links to slavery. Going forward, plans would include a possibility of using QR codes on statues and landmarks that can be scanned on mobile phones. Kirkcaldy North Councillor Neil Crooks, chairman of the working group which produced the Fife Action Plan said, today it is incomprehensible that British society would find enslavement of people acceptable in any form. However, this wasn't the case in the past. And here we are, hundreds of years later, still coming to terms with racism 
and using a month to give the subject a public hearing. In Shropshire, the Council is set to spend more than £800,000 on the provision of school meals in the holidays and setting up a warm clothes initiative. Across Shropshire, around 8,000 school children will receive support with food costs equivalent of £15 per week during the school holidays to ensure that young people don't go hungry. At the same time, schools will be able to set up a fund to assist those in need with the purchase of warm winter clothes or shoes for school. Shropshire Council's Cabinet Member for Children and Education said, We want to ensure, working with schools in the early year settings, that this money goes directly to help those children and young people who will benefit most from it, at a time when the pandemic has increased pressure on many people's incomes. Schools know their pupils' circumstances best, and will be working closely with families to ensure this support goes to the right children and where it will provide the most help. This has been your daily education news briefing. Thank you very much for that, Gail. Uh, you, welcome to Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome back. This is the Friday morning break. I'm Dorian Brown, and I am joined by Sarah Humphreys and Archie Crofton, uh, both of the Aim High Earth organisation. And before the, the, the news break there, uh, we had a wonderful discussion um, about uh, the aims and objectives of Aim High Earth and this fantastic uh, lesson which is going on it's being transmitted live from cop 26 um, with the objective to inform and educate uh everybody from you said from 10 years up if i, if I remember there uh, Sarah, from 10 to 100 um about the the issues surrounding the the environment and the the challenges that were being faced with it, and indeed this climate crisis so I'd like to kind of kind of switch this now as it's Teachers Talk Radio to see how we can, um, I guess, benefit off, come off the back of all of uh, AIM High Earth's work here and think about how we could actually uh, transfer a lot of the teachings, a lot of the research, a lot of the things that you've, you, you've done with AIM High Earth uh, to our schools. So if I was a teacher listening to this radio station right now or this show, um, what sort of lessons perhaps maybe have, have you learnt during the, the 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 project which you think maybe might be useful for teachers or schools looking to try to weave the climate crisis into their curriculums i would for me a key a key learning and something i find incredibly inspiring has been um has been how there is space in this climate conversation for for everyone and that there is there is scope to bring nature into bringing kind of nature first way of thinking into everything. Um, I think previously I kind of felt that it was, this was the space for, I guess, geographers and maybe a certain type of scientist. Um, but actually what I'm learning from how collaborative, how collaborative we must be um, 
you know, I guess in the face of something quite scary, we just all need to come together. We all, we need all hands on deck, you know, to turn things around. And yes. so in terms of, in terms of the, how that translates to, to teachers specifically, I guess what, what's becoming clearer and clearer is that it, this isn't just a topic for geography lessons or maybe some science lessons. It's, it, it, it can be weaved into any topic and it must be. Um, you know, we need everyone. We need we yes. need historians referring back. You know, referring to to you know famines of the past, or or, or looking at the impact it has on on historical sites. We need um, English teachers helping and equipping teachers with ways to communicate with impact and compassion. We need you know it, it's 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 a kind of topic for everybody, and it can be um, yeah, it can be integrated mm. into into all classrooms, not just geography lessons. Geographers um, around the world standing, applauding, myself included in that. I'm a geographer, and yeah. thanking you for that uh, for that comment. Yes, it is something that you said that is is, is synonymous yeah. with 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 geography, and yet, um, yeah, absolutely great examples there of of saying actually it is you know it is science, it is business, it is economics, it is art, it is English, mm. it is maths, it is it it is everybody, mm. and sooner i remember having a conversation with danny maher uh, about four or five weeks ago he's uh, mm. a, a assistant head at a primary school in leeds and he's saying is if we teach the climate crisis explicitly you know through the primary curriculum then the conversations and the critical thinking and everything which can happen in secondary school builds on that so rather than just being introduced to the climate crisis in in secondary school through a you know, geography let's lay the foundations early on let's build the kind of the care and the compassion and the and the, and the, the you know those positive dispositions uh, and the belief the empowerment yeah. of, of of students much younger so that actually when they get to secondary school and they're in the DT lab they you know they, they've got a lot of that foundational knowledge which they can do to design something which is you know takes into account you know the use of green energy as well. Totally and just to add to that on a you know more kind of fundamental level you know when you question the the role of education and why we have it, it you know in part is to prepare people for the future prepare mm -hmm. people for modern society and, and if even you know, if if we're not doing that but with climate education then we are really letting everybody down because this is not something that's you know long it's not far away it's here now like we're mm. seeing the yeah. effects you know you look at the floods this this summer across europe you look at the droughts that have happened in southern europe you know these are things that people are experiencing and if they aren't given the tools to be able to talk about it um you know from the point which is most important where we're most receptive to new information as children then you know we're you know we're really letting down future generations so you know there is a responsibility there to, to do something right by them and and we are currently with without having it as an integral part of the kind of education system it's just more than anything else it's just blindingly un, like it's so unfair for them totally totally yes and it, something that really struck me before um in in the conversation with danny is that our grandparents lived a heck of a lot more sustainably than we do today as well like it's not as if we've just progressively got worse and worse we they literally because it, you know globalization has you know in, it created all of this essentially hasn't it and uh, you know consumerism and and you know mass uh, mass travel air travel and 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 whatnot and and so it is this kind of this this 
this these couple of generations really that have exacerbated the the problems you know you, you can't just simply be kind of kind of blamed on population growth etc it's it's those it's how we live as well it's the choices that we make as well and and yes absolutely actually completely unfair you know we're kind of bringing children into a world where we haven't been where it's it's, it's unsustainable how we're currently yeah. you know using I, I did the ecological footprint calculator task with some year seven students and there wasn't one student that I think was below three and a half earths or something it was you know very very powerful that just just tapping into what you were saying Dorian um yeah like you say with the grandparents you know if you look at the great depression in the 30s the fact that we were able to mass produce goods but on a society-wide level the people didn't feel that there was a need for more things than they already had so mm. that idea had to be manufactured you know if you you look at um you know what happened in the 40s and 50s the post-war period were like okay well we need people to feel that they need to buy more things and consume more that is as and from where we are today to that point is it is a manufactured thing that kind of started in, in this sort of mid-20th century so it's it's mm. we've spent most of our entire kind of history of humanity not being like this so there's no reason why we can't find a pathway to get back to a more sustainable way of living for sure and I, i'd say even in my lifetime it's gotten worse i remember <laughs> i remember distinctly buying a you know a, a computer back when i was you know, at university and i think it has it's died now i think but it damn it it, it lasted a, a very long time and and now things are being engineered to to be throw away um they're being they're being made to to have to throw them away in a couple of years after after you so it's uh yeah it's even gotten it's gotten worse in our lifetime and as you said we've got to start plotting you know we've got to wake up haven't we we've got to wake up and start plotting that path um back to a more kind of uh, sustainable future and 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 it's always it's always quite difficult and i think we'll, we'll kind of Dip, delve a little bit deeper into into the the the, the COP twenty six uh, uh, in a second, but I, I just wanted to kind of ponder for a second that this idea uh, of how com companies uh, have that 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 moral responsibility as well. Yes, it is a matter of you know individuals making the small uh, changes, but. It, it's top down and bottom up, isn't it? It's that idea of, you know, it, it, everyone can do their little bit, but they need to be empowered to do so. There needs to be laws, there needs to be actions from above. And so, so let, let, let's talk about uh, COP26 a little bit then. Um, uh, for, 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 the, for the lay lay people out there, perhaps, um, you know, they would have seen COP26 a lot in the, in the news. Um, don't even, they, they may not even know what the COP stands for. Um, would you mind letting us know what COP26 is? Yeah, sure. So uh, basically, since 1991, I believe, or 1992, we've had the Kyoto Protocol, which is basically an agreement that we would come together to tackle greenhouse gases and, and climate change. And so more or less, um, nations across the world have come together on a, an annual or biannual basis to talk about how they're going to do something about it um and we are now at the 26th version of that so that's what we have um we're delayed a year because of covid but essentially um the important things that a listener needs to know is uh, we start to get very concrete action in terms of negotiations taking place in 2015 with the paris mm. agreement that essentially said that the, the entire globe signed up to limit 
emissions or limit global heating to 1.5 degrees centigrade and that's an average heating the problem was uh, and is and now we're dealing with is basically it was left to own countries um, to each country to decide how they were going to get there um, and now when you're looking at the maths you're seeing that when you add up the contributions that each country has decided to do in terms of getting or limiting that 1.5 degrees we are way over where we need to be and that is in some ways quite troubling but there, there's more nuance to it than that essentially we knew that that would happen in the first round in 2015 but one of the um sort of tenants of that agreement was it was agreed that every five years we would come together and we would tighten that regulation we would ratchet there would be a ratcheting mechanism so it would people be required to come down harder now where we are at the moment is we're at that first ratchet we're delayed so it's six years instead of five but we're at that first ratchet and hopefully we see some progress in terms of making that tighter and stronger because the urgency you know, it's, it's clear to everybody that really we've got to improve and we've got to get somewhere with this uh, i'm hopeful that we do get somewhere with it um but it isn't complete disaster if we don't ratchet up to exactly where we need to be at this very moment because it is all part of that process but we do need to make sure the governments are moving in the right direction and going as far and as ambitious as they can mm. Is that a good summary? Absolutely, <laughs> spot on. I <laughs> put, put, put I you on the spot there, but you know exactly. Yeah, that's exactly uh, what it is. And it's. Uh, I think the, um, the 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 COVID delay actually gave everyone a bit more time to be able to kind of be a bit more realistic about this next ratchet up and or, or whatever. But I think some of the some of the biggest emitters have still are still kind of dragging their heels a little bit on actually, you know, because they should have actually um, uh, renewed their targets or their pledges last. By last year if, I, if i'm correct so um so yeah that's going to be hopefully cop 26 the, the meeting again you know in person mm. is going to be a bit of a a, a kick up the backside i guess of uh, uh, of some of these kind of bigger emitters um i think as well uh, if 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 the, the, there's the four c's which are being addressed uh, in in cop 26 that's uh, contributions cash coal and cars um and one of the sort of the glaring issues i think that uh certainly is need needs addressing and hopefully cop 26 is going to be able to is, is the idea that the richer countries did promise you know 100 billion worth of funding per year for the for the lower uh, lower income countries to help with adapting to and 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 cutting emissions themselves um and yet there's still billions of that of that actually short um short um it's a, it's a, it's it's one of these big injustices in in the world that you know the the biggest emitters uh, are benefiting the most and it's the, those that are emitting the least that seem to be suffering <laughs> suffering the most as well so um yeah it really it really does uh, have the you, we really do have the kind of ability the capacity here i think to really kind of try to try to right that injustice um in in cop 26 there just seems to be a little bit more um hype around around this one uh, than there has i guess for you know pre previous ones i mean paris as you said was was absolutely fantastic but you know i don't know uh <laughs> there's also been a, a lot of negativity surrounding uh, surrounding yeah. the event as well so uh i don't know how, how do you feel how do you feel it's gonna go <laughs> well it's two things i think there's, with COVID, it's been very interesting because I think a lot of governments are starting to realise 
how obliging and how easy it is to actually when people frame and see things as an emergency as important the the speed and um cooperation of the general public to make significant changes in their lives um has been amazing you know you you have seen like people when they understand the gravity of a situation are willing and capable of doing a huge amount um so i think in many ways um i'm excited because i think that there's a kind of well there's two sides to that obviously but it's you know there could be a see that people can have more draconian laws but there's also a sense that people are willing to make changes for public good and the second thing is i think that um in the time frame between paris and now the 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 rate with which we are talking about climate change and the the, the kind of general literacy has improved a lot the, the the pendulum is is sort of shifting in favor of people advocating for tighter climate regulations um and so i think we are seeing you know if you imagine kind of climate literacy is the s-curve we're starting to get onto that much higher accelerated learning that you're seeing and as a result of that and people know that's the way things are going you know it's it's yeah. less politically unfavorable for governments to make stricter regulation than it was because people are aware of what needs to happen they're seeing what they're seeing the consequences of what happens if we do nothing yes yeah totally that and that that makes so much sense and i think the idea that there is this 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 people power more like you said the 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 the, the there's a lot more influence i think in, in in the public than perhaps maybe there has historically and yeah governments have got a real uh, it, it's very difficult for governments because um just, you know impl implementing laws which you know, environmental policies etc has has not always been the most urgent thing for people to address for governments to address because not for you know for one reason is that by the time they actually come to fruition that that party is probably not going to be in power anymore so that priority you know where, where those things sit in priorities have always been kind of you know they've maybe played paid it lip service but not actually been you know too too um proactive in 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 in, in acting on them so yeah this this kind of this pressure from below and from from a lot more people that ha that know a lot more about these things now i think is mm. they're not going to get away <laughs> you can't necessarily no. get away with um kind of skirting the issue so much anymore yeah and I also think that pressure is coming from the private sector as well. So it's not just um, the general public um, putting pressure on the government. The, the general public are putting pressure on the private sector as well, and the private sector in turn are putting pressure on government. So I'm hoping, you know, there, we are, the ball is starting to roll in the right direction, yeah. and you are seeing it happen. Um, and and you know, those who are who are, I think people can see where everything you know where society is going so it's like you may as well jump on board now rather than hold out for no for benefit to nobody yeah for sure and it's harking back to what i was saying at the beginning really about students um needing to experience something before it actually means something for them to learn something you know people are you know experiencing forest fires they are being involved in floods they are you know the severity and frequency perhaps maybe of tropical storms is on the up and so you know whereas five ten years ago it was it perhaps maybe less visible i think you know the for much the internet and the availability of all, all of the, the news of these of, of the impacts of what's going on you know particularly plastic pollution in the oceans you know all of these things are just now a lot more real than i think what people believed before perhaps 
totally. Yeah. Uh, great. Um, thanks. We are really um, pushing it on the time where we, I do have to just um, uh, do a quick ad break and then we'll come back and then we'll finish off and talk about the future for Aim High Earth. Thanks, Dorian. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DFE validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use, and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. Hello everyone and welcome to the History Hotline, the hottest line for all things black history and beyond. I'm your host, Diana Lynn Cook, making space for honest conversations about black British, Caribbean and African history. Here to teach you all the things left out of your school books. Make sure you subscribe to the History Hotline on all good podcast platforms. Follow us on social media at the History Hotline on Instagram and at the History HL on Twitter to find out about new upcoming episodes. Do you struggle with people pleasing? Is it a constant battle managing different and difficult personalities? Why not inspire, challenge and empower your team through the Mal CPD Essential Coaching Skills for School Leaders course or gain practical skills to become a strong and compassionate leader through the assertive leadership and the emotionally intelligent leader courses. All Mal CPD courses are accredited by the Institute of Leadership and Management. Find out more at www.malcpd.com. And welcome back to Teachers Talk Radio. This is the Friday morning break. We are talking Aim High Earth with Sarah and Archie. And uh, it's just been absolutely fantastic to, 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 to talk to these young environmentalists that are, have really kind of made, you know, it made it their, their, their passion, their, their life's work almost uh, coming up to this moment in COP26 where they're going to be uh, transmitting live from COP26 the, uh, in collaboration with the Eden Project and the world's largest le lesson, uh, a, 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 a lesson to educate and a lesson to, to inspire action um, and really does kind of sit with, sit right front and centre really if this is the most important thing um, that we need to do. All of the, all of the hype surrounding COP26 you know is all well and good but what happens after, what happens next I think is the most important thing and I think uh, Aim High Earth uh, seem to have the, 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 the right formula and the way that they are thinking about okay well everybody needs to know about it first and they need the facts and they need the science, they need the information and then they need to know what, could, what to do with that, how to act with that. Um, so just to kind of lead, lead us out uh, then, uh, please, Sarah and Archie, um, I just wanted to sort of thank you first off for, 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 for coming on the show and for the fantastic work that, that you and your organization uh, have done thus far. Um, I know that everything is all focused right now on, on, the, on, the, on the lesson itself uh, in COP26. And I know there's an incredible amount of organization and thought and planning and, and resource production and everything which has gone into that. But where do you see Aim High Earth after so after cop 26 is finished after the lesson after the dust is settled what direction is it aim high earth going in after great and thank you so much dorian as well for having us it's been i speak for archie i mean we've loved it it's been great 
Um, but great question, what after COP? Because I think a big worry for us was that this was like, you know, it doesn't end at COP. What, what do we need to keep doing to keep kind of driving to transform global understanding of climate and nature? And I guess, I guess we just have to keep coming back to that um, understanding that the world's biggest challenges cannot and will not be solved without education for all and everything that comes with that education, you know, innovation and compassion and stewardship. And so we're going to continue um, to, to focus on um, reaching beyond the echo chamber, uh, speaking directly to power and empowering diverse audiences with our um, live, interactive, transformative learning experiences. Um, so uh, before, you know, previously we've, we've um, delivered masterclasses and, and climate nature training to Olympians and TV presenters. And um, we're in the middle of delivering it to the House of Lords at the moment in the UK. You know, we've spoken to Love Island contestants and um, young No stone left unturned. People. Yeah, we're trying, to, we're trying to, we really believe that if, um, you know, if a, if a billion, if a billion nature first thinkers were activated to kind of take ownership over this issue so so much would happen so we're going to continue with that and we've got some we've got some exciting plans involving comedians um the winter olympics is coming up and so we've we're we're we love collaborating with um hannah mills who uh was um got, won the gold medal in at tokyo olympics in sailing it's an amazing environmentalist and melissa wilson part of the athletes for planet uh group so we're hopefully going to be working with them um wow. we're going to continue to roll out our training for for organizations to kind of um upskill entire teams to be able to kind of understand talk about and take action in the face of the climate and nature crisis at home but also at work um, and we're going to kind of continue to 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 work out how best to how best to to reach as many people as we can to get you know all hands on deck building the future that that we and, and our future generations deserve wow <laughs> and absolutely loads of plans there um I just just spluttered at the kind of the amount the, the the length of that list that you just had of the of all all of the plans. You know, for me, if I've got a big project, I'm not thinking of anything past that big project once it gets done. But it's it, but what it is, it really is testament to I think the 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 the, the belief and and the passion that you, that you realise that it isn't just the one event and then it's going to fix everything. You know, you do have to keep this kind of this multimodal approach to um keeping on pushing you know we've got the thin thin end of the wedge in at the moment and how do we continue to drive that wedge through um yeah, you've and... got to keep your eyes on the prize Con oh, totally got to keep yeah. we're we're just we're just imagining that just society that you know if, if this works out society mm. it, it will you know we'll, we'll learn how to to make decisions based on intelligence and curiosity and compassion yes. and that will help us overcome you know all of the great the huge challenges not just the climate and nature challenge all of the greatest challenges and answer all of the biggest questions and i think that's how we kind of keep having these ambitious plans is because you just that 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 vision of what the future could be like if we yeah. get this right is so is so compelling focus yeah, on utopia the brownie almost isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah no, absolutely. Right? focus on the brownie not on the <laughs> recipe is what, yes. is what matthew and henry say 
and that's and that's and that is you know that's i think that it just underpins everything it sounds it underpins everything you've done and i love that little bit you said there as well like you've got to keep trying different areas and trying to i think trying to measure them as well it's really it sounds quite am, ambitious you know a lot of those things are, are you know take a lot of work and a lot of application etc but you really we want to find that sweet spot of what works really and, and what what does get the most traction and and unfortunately there's probably not a, a silver bullet there isn't a kind of a magic oh this is this is all we had to do and, and now we've sorted it it's that kind of multi-directional approach and some things will work in some contexts but not other contexts as well so by just having that kind of rich portfolio of strategies and that rich kind of range of 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 of, of ways to kind of change uh, and 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 engender action i think is 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 definitely the way to go and it's i think it's also quite nice as well that you're not alone that i hope you know you don't feel alone aim uh, how it doesn't feel alone you've got so many people that you are working with that are all kind of working towards the same thing so um Listen, um, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to the both of you. Um, I'm even more enthused about the lesson now itself, uh, now that I've spoken to you uh, at great le length and depth. And, and, and I really would uh, thank you for your, for, for your work and I thank you for your, for your time um, and sharing your expertise and definitely your enthusiasm as well with us here on Teachers Talk Radio. Um, as I've said, they are, I'm going to share all of the, 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 the links to the lesson, etc., and any more information as well if you would like to find out a little bit more about the, the, the lesson itself during COP26. Um, oh, I think I'm just going to have to go and have a little lie down now. It's uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the, the, the show, you two. And, Thank best, you, Dorian. and been great. Best, best of luck for the fifth, hold on, fifth, fifth yeah. of November. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> best of luck for the fifth of November. I will see you there. Thank you, Dorian. Thank Take you. care. Thank you. Bye bye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.